This is Talk Freight. Talk Freight. And this is Craig Bliss. Craig, okay, so I'm going to ask you direct. I want to know. I want to know. How can freight brokers and truck drivers make more money in 2020? Because I love it. Welcome to Trucking for Millennials, where we engage with the future of freight happening now. My name is Michael Clements. And I'm Aaron Dunn, and we're here to help trucking and logistics professionals stay up to date and ahead of the curve as our industry evolves. We're connecting with every step of the supply chain as part of our mission to increase transparency and provide world-class freight solutions. I'm having way too much fun with this. Too much fun, too much fun. Trucking for Millennials. Trucking for Millennials. All right. Let's do this. Next episode, or, well, I mean, this episode is the one you're listening to. It's today. This is the episode. <laughs> so this is the pre-show before the, the main event of the show. Main event of the mm-hmm. show, you probably saw when you clicked on the podcast, Craig Bliss is our guest. We just had a great conversation with him. Awesome conversation. Smart cat, knows what's going on in the industry. You're definitely going to want to listen to this. Yeah, for sure. But first, but first, we have a very, very, very special announcement. Drum roll, please. Yes, drum roll. Our 2019 PDQ America Truck of the Year Award winner is going to Nathan Tedrow with W.A. Stone King out of Freeport, Pennsylvania. Congratulations, Nathan. You just won $500 for a charity of your choice. Thank you for all that entered and the hundreds that voted for Nathan. <laughs> Congratulations, Nathan. Uh, applause, fanfare, explosions. My man Nathan just won $500 for a charity of his choice. Yeah. Congratulations, man. And good-looking rig. It is a good-looking rig. I'll tell you. People love cattle haulers. Yeah. Like, love them. We love beef. We love burgers. Right. We love the possible burger. <laughs> the po- <laughs> Shelve the impossible. Give me the possible burger. I like that. I like that. Yeah, so congratulations, Nathan. You are the very first PDQ America Truck of the Year winner. Um, we'll be reaching out to you soon. That that covers that. Um, if, if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you decide to follow the PDQ America um, Instagram and Facebook accounts. You can um, participate in the weekly, monthly, yearly uh, Truck of the whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, and you're now going to hear a conversation Michael and myself and or Michael and myself had with Craig Bliss of Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers Facebook group, also FreightBrand.com, and uh, all the other things that he does. So you'll, you'll, you'll learn uh, plenty about him, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Trucking for Millennials. My name's Aaron. Uh, joined here, as always, Mr. Michael Clements, Jr. Hello. And we have a very special guest today. It is Craig Bliss. Hey, what's going on, everybody? So you might recognize him. He's the creator of the largest Facebook group for freight brokers and one of the largest for truck drivers called 
descriptively freight brokers and truck drivers. Type that in and you will find 16,928 people that you can connect with in the trucking industry. It was created in 2016. So uh, you've grown this, uh, you know, quite fast, I would say. Um, active collaborator with truckstop.com, lots sure. of people's favorite uh, load board. Um, and he hosts a podcast called Talk Freight, has weekly episodes um, every Monday. He's got yep. an episode called Make More Money Mondays, which we'll talk about. And also, he talks to members of the group um, throughout the week as well. So always uh, coming with some valuable content. Um, really been uh, a, a, a treat to watch Craig do his thing in freight um, as I you know, come into um, the industry. And then we got to connect at GATS when Michael and I and the rest of the PDQ team were there in Dallas, got to connect there. So welcome to the show, Craig. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, I uh, really appreciate that warm welcome there. I mean, I almost felt like I was listening to a biography uh, about my freight career there on social media. So I definitely appreciate looking into it. Everything you said is exactly correct. You know, um, as you said, I do have the group Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers. Uh, I looked it up, you know, before we come here. I knew that uh, your company is also a member of that group. So I appreciate that as well. I hope you guys stay in touch with, you know, all things logistics with the members there. So definitely appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's one of the better groups out there, I would say. There's there's quite a few different, you know, freight groups, but y'all, you, right. you've got you've built a good community. Um, also, you, you've got FreightBrand.com. That's another thing that you do. I do. Um, that's like a design agency, marketing yeah, sort of. So it's mainly just a logistics, uh, marketing, and web web design company here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And so I started that about a year and a half now ago. Uh, we started just doing websites, and now we kind of do a little bit more helping drivers with their marketing plans on social medias. Um, my website's actually down because we're actually doing a revamp, but that's one of the big things we do is help revamp you know, the little guy's company image to help them look bigger in this industry of uh, you know, the bigger guys and megas out there. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, just so people can get a little bit more insight, just in case, you know, they don't know who you are first time uh, hearing your name and, and what you're about. How did you get into trucking and freight and, and get into the position you're in now? Yeah, great question. You know, uh, I actually was lucky. I started about 10 years ago. I mo just moved to Chicago, fresh out of basic. I was 18 years old. I was working at a Subway deli when I was making a sandwich, you know, for a regular customer who just so happened to be a job recruiter, but not only that, a logistics recruiter. She came in, asked if I wanted a uh, interview at a logistics job. At the time, I had no idea what logistics was. I thought FedEx or UPS. Uh, but as it turned out, it was for a mega brokerage. So within you know a week or two of that conversation, I was a tra working as a track and tracer at what is now a mega brokerage. And so you know that's why I started learning you know the brokerage side, if you will. Um, after a couple of years, jumped right into the carrier side. You know, a carrier friend that I met in the industry, um, he was a man in Chicago with a small fleet. He kind of took me under his wing, you know, taught me about the carrier side of the industry. And what I didn't know at the time that I now know now, I was actually providing dispatch services for him because he taught me how to find, you know, he had nine trucks plus his, so 10. So he taught me how to find, you know, loads for him, you know, his brother, his friends and all that. And again, I was still fresh. I didn't know anything about the industry at this time. Uh, did that for a few years, and I credit that experience of learning the carrier side. From there, went to the shipper, actually a couple shippers in a few years, 
Um, you know, setting up carriers, you know, doing RFQs, doing freight management for different warehousing and plants, mainly out of the Southeast, but also the Midwest. But after that, I went right back to the carrier, um, you know, that I, that who took me under his wing cause he actually passed away. And so after a few years went back, you know, helped figure out the company from there. They ultimately closed the doors, but when they closed the doors, I kind of became a freelance, you know, logistics startup consultant, helping uh, what I say, helping the little guy kind of survive in this industry. You know, in the beginning, it was just helping him with packets, you know, creating packets, stuff like that, startup advice, um, and just providing tips, tricks, and resources. And within the mix of the story, I created my freight brokers group, you know, freight brokers and truck drivers. And it was much smaller at this time. You know, it was just um, maybe less than a thousand people. And it was just a very tight knit community of just trading tips, tricks, resources. But, you know, as you can see within, you know, three years, we've been around now since that group been created. It is much larger with a, you know, much bigger agenda. I have the, uh, as you mentioned, the Make More Money Monday show that I do within my Facebook group. That's also a podcast. And we just started actually this month, two new shows of members helping members video. And that's just, we're pulling members out of our group to speak to other members of our group who are not as experienced, who doesn't have, you know, maybe the knowledge or um, the expertise that they do. So that's been a lot of fun. We just ended our second one yesterday. The next one is Tuesday after the make more money Monday, but that's essentially what I do. I kind of fell in logistics. You know, I had no idea what it was, so I fell into it. But once I fell into it, I just got immersed, you know, immersed with just learning. And um, one thing that I, I pride myself as being young in this industry, because I was very lucky to, you know, been around the block, if you will, on all sides of the industry to take a little bit from each place. And, you know, being only 28, you know, I, I've definitely learned a lot in 10 short years. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that's... I'm glad you brought up the age there because, you know, being that this is trekking for millennials, we're all around the same age, you know, the sure. upper twenties, lower thirties. And I was thinking about it on, you know, my way over here to set up the recording and all that. It's, uh, I mean, you're a quintessential, you're, you're, you're a, you're a card carrying member of, you know, both, sure. both subject matters that we cover here. And right. um, a perfect example of a young person making, uh, an, an impact, you know, right, right. so, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the Facebook group. Like what could somebody expect or, you know, are, are there any success stories that you could share sure. some cool stuff that's happened in the group over the past three years? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in the group, as I said, it's mainly like a resource group, but you know, every day you have your daily load posting brokers, you know, post loads, carriers or owner operators, they post a location or where, you know, they may be um, the hopes to find shipments there. But also there's a lot of people providing help. You know, I put in a lot of uh, templates for detention, how to get, you know, guaranteed detention pay or at least increase your odds, um, what to do in these types of situations, little cheat sheets just to help people out. So that's what it's mainly for. But a lot of success of the group is really the members. And I'll tell you why. It's because with such a large following, you know, so many people on one professional platform, because that is a difference. This group is a professional platform for logistics professionals. You know, when a member has an issue, they post it. And more times than not, the issue gets resolved. And it can be simple issues with, you know, miscommunication with a driver and a broker. And maybe, um, you know, things getting lost in the sauce, if you will, with uh, payment issues. And, you know, once they post it, you know, either, my, either me or the member of the group will contact that broker, 
ask about it. And a lot of times these issues gets resolved. And so I actually pride myself on that. You know, I made a video about eight months ago. And at that time, it was around 10 grand that we helped recover. I stopped counting, but I know it's been over 10 grand that we helped drivers, you know, recover from either brokers not paying, maybe getting extra charges they weren't getting paid before. Now they are. Um, and so to me, that's the biggest success story because, you know, it's we definitely don't charge for any of that. It's just a resource that members provide to other members. And, you know, that I help in my part by doing that as well. So it's definitely fun. So, you know, when people join, I just say be professional and be open, you know, be, um, you know, go out there looking to learn something new. Nobody in this industry knows everything. And I think once people realize that they're opening up to asking more questions, once they ask more questions, once they take off the hat of, you know, I know everything in this industry, they actually learn stuff. And especially from a younger guy, half these people, you know, my group are old enough to be my dad, if not my grandfather. So it's an interesting mix, you know, managing a group that large with the, uh, with the ages, you know, generational gaps above me. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. So Craig, you know, one, one thing I was curious about is how much do you think social media has helped truck drivers and brokerages really start to have their voice more heard. You know, I, I think back to, you know, the hours of service regulations and right. the things that the FMCSA was doing late last year. How much do you think that social media is driving the unified voice of, of the trucking industry to make regulation changes and other things? Great question. You know, I, um, I'm glad you, you brought this up because I'm often asked about it or how I feel about it. You know, it goes back to strength in numbers. Before, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, social media is, you know, was not what it is right now. And I think it's been a push in the last two or three years only, um, especially in the last year or two that, you know, more companies are noticing that social media is actually, you know, a big platform with a lot of people behind it. And so, um, you know, going back to the regulation changes, I'm not exactly sure if uh, decision makers with regulations such as a government you know, use the social media and kind of um, use it for their decision making. However, I do feel drivers feel like they have a voice and their voice is being heard when they do express these concerns on social media. And not only that is when you go on social media, it's not just drivers, it's other professionals, you know, logistics, media outlets, you know, there's freight tech companies, shipper decision makers, possibly people who work in, you know, DOT, FMCSA, uh, but they all come together and they all, you know, voice their opinions. And you see it, you know, when these posts are going viral or these videos start going viral when it's about, you know, ELDs or with the AB5. Um, and I do want to bring that up with the AB5. You know, there's a lot of heat about the AB5 going around social media, as you guys know. And now just recently, I believe in the last day or two days, possibly, you know, California kind of threw that out for trucking. And so there was a lot of drivers jumping with joy, you know, a lot of people you know, for, um, for obvious reasons on social media. And so I wouldn't have known that if I didn't read that news article on social media, just flipping through Reddit, there it was. And so I only follow, you know, trustworthy news publications. And so I knew at that time when I read it, it was accurate. And so that was pretty interesting. And I think it's the power of social media of getting the word because I bring that up. If I didn't read on social media, I would have waited till I watched it on YouTube, one of my news outlets, or maybe watched it on news or read it in the paper. <laughs> if you will, but I found it on social media and so did thousands of other people confirmed by the reshares of that. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the percentage of your group, how much do you, how many millennials do you think are actually in your, in your Facebook group? Well, I actually no, And I looked it up because 
I knew you guys were going to ask this since it was a millennial <laughs> podcast here. And so I'm going to give you both for men and women. I bring this up because I'm all about, you know, more women in trucking. You know, she can truck too. All that jazz because, you know, the more women, the more people we have in the industry, the more it changes. Um, so up until last year, it's been mainly men, 75, excuse me, 76% uh, men, the rest women. But, you know, this year we actually had a huge shift. It's about 26% women now, which that 2% difference doesn't seem like a lot, but it actually is because that 2% went on the millennial side of the age group. And inside the group, between, you know, 18 and 34 years old, let's just say, I know that's a little bit out of the range there, um, it's 25% men and 8% women. And those are accurate numbers by the, um, you know, by the Facebook numbers. And so, you know, the majority of the age in the group is still between 25 and 44. However, I am noticing a huge increase with millennials, which is exciting because that means, you know, new thinking, you know, new age thinking. Uh, a lot of that is with, you know, with uh, the broker side or the tech side or even media side. But you are starting to see a whole bunch more of younger drivers, which this industry, you know, needs. Because as you see by the numbers, 48 percent, you know, percent of men to the top age group of 44 there's not very many years in terms of decades, you know, in their career left where a new guy at 25, he has a whole career ahead of him, which I think will benefit the industry there. So do you think social media has helped in promoting the industry, its image, what it looks like, how it appears to young, you know, uh, the younger generation? Do you think that's helping? Yes. And I'll tell you, you know, when I met Aaron, it was actually because I uh, found that trucking for millennial uh, sticker. It was at Gats, and I'm like, what is this? This is, you know, I'm all about brands, you know, logos. I'm like, what is this? I like this. I actually found his booth, you know, talked with Aaron. We couldn't match something up at that time. But, you know, I'm seeing a, a revive as these new age thinkings, these younger people bringing in their ideas. It's all about the social media. I mean, a lot of these carriers, you know, they're going after and hiring interns or at least younger people who are just, you know, inexperienced, but maybe younger, who, full of ideas. They're doing these awesome, like, you know, videos of their um, companies, you know, for the hiring, you know, using drones, you know, and all this is for social media. I would say it's for the gram. That's exactly what they're doing. And it works. You know, I see it with driver recruiting. I see it with, um, you know, trying to get freight agents. It's just or at least the brand awareness. And there's no better place to have brand awareness than on social media. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And, you know, it was kind of touching back to your point on, you know, discovering news and, and breaking information on social, you know, there's not a lot of big news public, like you, you won't catch a lot of trucking news right. happening on bigger news outlets. Right. You know? Right. It'd be pretty hard. Like you'd have to be in California probably to really know the details about, you know, AB five and what that of government's course. doing unless you're, you know, inside some kind of trucking publication. So it's really important that, you know, that stuff is broadcasted on social because otherwise n nobody would know. Nobody would right. know to, to expect it or guard it or in the case of AB5, uh, beg, your, <laughs> beg your government officials not to let it into your state. <laughs> yeah, but, that's, uh, that's exactly right. And kind of on your point there, I think it's because it's not shown on national media outlets or the news, what have you, is because... You know, in all, in all honesty, trucking is boring. You know, when you see, the only thing you see on the news is maybe like a robot truck delivering beer. Well, that's exciting. So, of course, we're going to flash on the 5 o'clock news. But in this industry full of people, we want to know these news things. So, luckily, there's a lot of media outlets out there. And, of course, you know, people with your podcast, podcasts like mine, to provide these uh, news and these little snippets of information. 
for people like you know me, you, and everybody else in the industry who craves it or wants it or who just wants to you know surround themselves with it. So I find that fascinating. Do you think that social media is going to continue to grow for in the troking industry? You know, I I guess in terms of, do you think it's going to continue to promote it? Trucking is only going to get deeper into social, or do you think that where we're at right now is where it's going to stay? Yeah, I definitely believe that social media or, you know, trucking or logistics and social media would definitely get stronger. And I think it's um, the main fact is the people behind the profile. It's real people, you know, the people in these groups. Uh, It's real people that you, you know, you work with on a day-to-day basis inside the work. You know, you can't say much. You can't really say exactly what you want to say. But, you know, after hours on social media, you guys are connecting on another level, learning from each other. So, you know, groups now on Facebook, you have to remember, are still new. Facebook started their first ad campaign with groups less than a year ago. And so it's very fascinating, you know, the increase in membership numbers, you know, this last year since Facebook started pushing groups because groups are a sense of community. And not only groups, as pages. And people want to be a part of a community, especially when it has something to do with them. So from that, they're just going to continue to grow. Cool. Yeah. Tend to agree. Uh, switching gears a little bit. Uh, let's talk about last year. Um, we're still at the top of 2020, the very, very yeah. top of 2020. Still new. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, there's so many, you know, 2019 and, you know, lo- looking back at, at what that year was uh, in lots of commentary and sure. summaries and all that kind of stuff still happening. But it's it's I think it's a good thing to do, you know, uh, especially as we prepare for next year. We kind of right. want to look back and, and see where we're coming from. So um, what's your take on 2019 as it relates to trucking? And, um, you know, like I've got a stat here, 6,600 truck drivers lost their jobs. Um, bloodbath was the big right. you know, uh, word of the year um, and a lot of uh, a lot of different news outlets and stuff like sure. that. So what's your take for trucking in 2019 and what are some lessons do you think uh, people should learn from uh, the past 12 months? Yeah, great question. You know, you can't really talk about 2019 unless you start with 2018, right? Because 2018, it was an insane year. I mean, everybody made money. And if you weren't making tons of money in that year, you probably weren't waking up to go to work. I mean, money was just everywhere. And so because of that, you know, carriers started buying new trucks, meaning they started hiring more drivers. Not only that, drivers started leaving companies, you know, buying their own trucks, becoming owner operators. Agents became brokerages. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. They did that anticipation for, of course, the next year. It's an outstanding business move. It's a great business move, you know, planning ahead, you know, putting your pieces, your ducks in the row, you know, for the next year. However, as everybody has seen, 2019 did not start off or end um, with a bang as everybody thought in 2018. Everybody thought 2018 kind of set the new industry standard, if you will, for rates and pricing, but that was not the case. And that was evident with uh, low rates across the maps. Drivers couldn't afford the trucks, you know, carriers were struggling, you know, paying the drivers, the company drivers, keeping up with the insurance, keeping up with the truck payments. Same thing with brokers, you know, they, uh, especially the ones that agents went to a brokerage, they seen, you know, when freight volume dropped, you know, everybody was hurting. And um, the reason for the freight volume, you know, dropping across the map, it can definitely be a host of different issues, you know, with tariffs, just with um, the way the market is moving. Um, It could be anything. However, you know, when the mega started dropping, I think that's when everybody started noticing, you know, you had the Falcon, 
um, Celadon. And so you just had um, everybody just dropping. And when the Megas dropped, that's when people started noticing. And I think, I really think in 2020, it will balance out. I really believe that. And I'll tell you why. It's because 2018 was just a weird year. I mean, it was just, you know, a weird year. And uh, 2019, I just think 2019 exactly how it was, you know, before 2018. Just kind of leveled out. It is what it is. Everybody's surviving. Uh, but 2020, I think we know what happened in 2019 from the result of 2018. And I think in this year, everybody will level out. It's um, there's been a lot of changes, a lot of new apps, these digital brokerages, um, you know, just making it easier for company drivers, you know, owner ops, carriers, even brokers. And so I think we'll get better in 2020. We don't see it yet, but I do believe, you know, it will it will come about. 2019, like you said, it was a uh, it wasn't as fun as 2018, but I think it did filter out some of the uh, I guess the riffraff, you could say. <laughs> it sure did. Um, of of the companies and i think that the companies that are in there for the long haul um no pun intended there but um the ones that are, are in it right now are going to be there for a while um sure. I, I do hate that there are co companies i mean the one down in Dabal just closed down last week uh i forget their name but uh fleetwood transportation who mm -hmm. closed down over 240 trucks uh you know cited insurance cost I think you're gonna. I think you may still see some of that this year. Right. Um, and unfortunately, I don't really consider those kind of people riffraff. I just think there are consequences of really bad regulation and Thank you. There we over go. overblown insurance costs. But I, I don't want to go down that path. But <laughs> but you know, I, yeah. I think 20, I'm hoping that 2020 is going to be a, like you're saying a level off year. Um, you know, steady is good. Steady's just fine. No right, one's upset right. about steady. Um, and our, one of our main industries is oil and gas. So steady is just fine with us. You can you can grow, uh, you know, a, a fair amount with just steady. So sure. Do you do you feel that 2020 uh, and through 20, you know, going into 2021, do you feel like there's going to be a steady flow there uh, in the freight industry? Yeah, great question. You know, I. Uh, if 2019 didn't happen the way it did, I'll predict 20, 2021. However, until we get to you know the end of Q2, I probably don't want to say anything about 2021. Um, but I'm very fascinated to see you know what's going on. Of course, I get all my information you know with data, talking to a lot of people in the industry, uh, you know people like you, um, high up at these brokerages or trucking companies, and that's how I get my data. So towards the middle of the year, I'll start asking around and have a better prediction. 2021 there but we can only hope craig okay so i'm going to ask you direct i, I want to know i want to know how Absolutely. can freight brokers and truck drivers make more money in 2020 because oh, that's, i love it that's going to be the that's going to be the title of the podcast so Good make deal. more money in 2020 um i guess we'll start with the brokers and go with the drivers how do how do they do it yeah and so um you know, for 2020, especially what I keep saying, you have to optimize your operations. You have to, you know, become open and flexible to the changes. The people that are struggling right now is the older generations. I call them the people like my dad, you know, because I always I always say my dad wouldn't use an app to book loads. Um, so I understand it. But you have to use an app. You have to use these, you know, these technology within the industry that's offered to make money is no more. You cannot make money as you used to, you know, with old business. And so. My 2020, you know, make more money is optimizing your operation, using tech to streamline the repetitive day-to-day -day tasks that you do every single day. Once you realize the time saved, 
you'll realize that time equals money and you actually make more money by saving money within your operations. And you cannot do that unless you sit down, look at your numbers, look at what you're doing. And as I say, optimize your operations. And so that's my biggest money making tip. You know, back in 2019, it was basically go after as much freight as you can, you know, go after, look at your weekly numbers and not the rate per mile during the day because it was hard. But now 2020, I'm saying look at what made you the most money. If you have to diversify, you definitely need to do that. If you only run dry van, look into reefer. You know, if you do reefer and want to look into something else, you know, maybe flatbed. Because once you diversify your operations, you will see you have a lot more success. And when one side's lower, the other side's good to go. You know, everything always evens out. And so if you're thinking you can make money in 2020 by repeating 2018 or 2019, you better hang up your hat now because it's not going to work. It's you have to rethink how you're going to work in 2020. And so I think that kind of leads in both the brokers. I know you talk about, you know, one or the other brokers and drivers. But for truckers, for, you know, my truck driver friends, I would say I know the end goal is shippers. But don't forget, there's a lot of great brokers out there with direct access to the freight from the shippers. And so sometimes instead of, you know, going around a broker in hopes to get it from the shipper, your best bet a lot of times is from that broker. And one thing I mentioned you know, a lot of shippers don't pay the extra charges. And that's when I work with these carriers. They tell me they have all the direct freight through, you know, through this shipper or through this small outfit or that locally, but they don't pay extra charges. And when they see after waiting four hours that they're actually losing, you know, let's say 12 hours a week, you know, let's say, um, they realize they're losing a lot of money when they could take that same load through a brokerage and almost get guaranteed extra pay. So it's little things like that. When you change your mind, you become more open, start thinking and looking at your operations differently you start seeing that you become successful in different ways. So that's my biggest make more money. Usually I do that on a Monday, make more money Monday, but we can do it on a, you know, today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Hey, the good, the good news is that our podcast will debut on Monday. So awesome. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Make more yeah. money Monday. There we go. <laughs> Greg, how much do even smaller brokerages right now need to be investing into automation for their businesses yeah you you definitely have to and what i say is you know i talk with a lot of agents who tell me like craig you know i'm doing you know let's say a million a million a year in business it's great um i want to leave i want to do my own brokerage well that's everybody's thought but the thing is that can end at any time and so i always tell brokers you can't just have the excel spreadsheet you know the one little thing the one low board and call yourself a broker it's more than that it's your experienced staff it's having all the operation in place, the experience to handle issues, because issue one-off one issues happen every day. And if you don't have the experience, you would never figure it out. And that's doing more harm on the customer than what it is doing good for anybody. And, um, you know, it's, you know, brokerages go out of business all the time. And so that's the issue. So they build this trust with carriers and they go out of business. And that's what hurts, you know, the truck drivers. And so... I would say if the agent's not fully prepared, don't do that. Don't hop into the industry as a broker because it's different than what it was a few years ago. You have to have, you know, you have to put in money, all these recurring payments every month because technology costs. However, technology, you know, keeps you, it makes you stand out. That's what keeps you competitive in this industry. And right now in 2020, especially, you have to remain competitive. The market is constantly changing. And so it's just everybody has to keep learning, keep introducing these technologies in their operations because all, all the megas, they already done it. And I, you know, I say megas, the large brokerages, they've already done it. And that's how they're successful. If there was like one or two pieces of technology that you think are like 
absolutely necessary, you know, no negotiation, you know, um, maybe even a third that you're like, throw that one in too. What, what would you recommend for a brokerage? Uh, for a brokerage, uh, loan matching software. Um, you know, right now what I see heavy is, you know, especially starter brokerages, uh, heavy on dispatch. You know, I'm all for, you know, the humans working, of course, but there's times when, you know, uh, technology can handle these repetitive tasks. And so definitely load matching software. Um, of course, compliance tools as simple as Carrier 411. I'm a huge believer in Carrier 411 because I'm all believe I, you know, I'm a big believer in transparency and that Carrier 411, you know, provides that transparency. Um, but not, yeah, just going back to, you know, load matching, you know, digital uh, load boards, if you will, those you know, some companies have a thing called smart capacity or any tools like that. I know Truck Stop has something brewing up in the back end. So any technology like that to help streamline the day-to-day tasks. Because, you know, when I started in the industry, when I was, you know, two, three years in, you know, your job was to just call 100 drivers a day to book loads. You don't really need to do that anymore. And that's the thing is once brokers realize that, you can save a whole bunch of money and, you know, optimize your time somewhere else or spend your time somewhere else. How how much uh, how much longer do you think email is going to be the form of communication for brokers to trucking companies? Well, I'm not sure. So I'm not sure where email started becoming the norm because I'm a texter. I rather text, and that's why I like how companies are becoming more open to. You know, we're all in business to business, so business to business texting, I think, will be the next thing. Um, but not only that, with all these apps providing and you know in app rate confirmations, you know proof of deliveries, you know, even invoicing, you know, you almost don't need email. And so it almost causing, um, you know, it's almost uh, causing more of a headache because there's another line of communication that you have to organize when right now everything's going through a software load board or TMS or an app. And so, yeah, I think, you know, for the next few years, obviously you probably have email, but I think there will be a shift at some point, just like all things. Last question here for me is, just talking about smaller brokerages, larger larger brokerages. Do you think we're ever going to start seeing some consolidation uh, in the industry? The larger larger guys buying a lot of the smaller guys, or do you think that that's come and gone? That ship sailed. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, I do think there's still a huge market for you know the bigger guys buying out the smaller guys. Not only that, as people who want to come in the industry, um, their best bet is buying you know a smaller outfit, whether that's a brokerage or a trucking company to get their foot in the door, you know, capture those accounts, maybe improve the operation to turn around the company, which could help the current employees there. But I still see every day, you know, um, you know, people buying up the smaller ones, um, especially if they have tech involved, whether it's a TMS system they built in-house or the carrier has some kind of software that they built in-house, you know, of course, and they, you know, they're very valuable to be bought out by a bigger company. And so I do believe that will still happen. Well, sweet, man. That's that's about all we've got for you today. Awesome. So uh, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, it's going to be a really excellent episode, I think. Great awesome. way to start the year. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Yeah, see you guys awesome. later. Have a good one. You as well. Bye.